Welcome to the There's More Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kara. And we are here to help women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. And today we are being joined by Dr. Baxter Kruger, who heads up Perichoresis Ministries. He's a prolific author. Um, but it, he is a, what's called a relational theologian, which is a little bit like, what does that exactly mean? It just means he's like super smart and he is going to unpack for you what the real gospel is in a, in a, in a relational way that is going to make you smile on the inside. I mean, what I want you to hear is even though it's like he throws out a lot of stuff that maybe you've never heard of. We're going to actually break this podcast into two parts so that you can really digest what yeah. he's saying because um, he has revelation on the goodness of God that you do not want to miss. Welcome to the There's More podcast. Welcome to the podcast. We are being joined um, today by Dr. Baxter Kruger, who um Gosh, y'all, I am so excited uh, for myself personally, for Rachel personally, but for each one of y'all, because I think for many of you, maybe you are not as familiar with him, but you, Baxter, have, um, I always, people know I get, I get teared up pretty easily, um, but yeah. you have really helped to shape um, my lens for the goodness of God. Yeah. And and I can't think of any greater gift than we can give people than them to discover that the gospel that's supposed to be good news is actually good news. And so he's a, a prolific author. He is actually, I think, the, the fascinating thing. He is um has two patents on fishing lures. And I, t- <laughs> I told Baxter, I told my son that and he's like, man, he really took that, you know, fishers of men thing awfully literally. <laughs> So I told him I would tell you that he said that. Um, so anyways, just welcome to the podcast. We're, mm-hmm. we're just thrilled to have you. Well, it's an honor. I love it. And I'm thrilled to know that my work has, has been a benefit. I want to, I, I got a verse for your son. Oh, he was talking about that. Um, <laughs> uh, this is one of the first commandments in the Bible and God blessed him. And he said, uh, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish. Wow. There well, you there it. you have it. Rule over and, and, Everybody and, should be making fishing lures. I love it. There you go. And tell him that one of the, well, one of the very last things that Jesus did before he ascended was give the disciples fishing instructions. John mm-hmm. That's wow, so true. So fascinating. So it's like kind of us in Father's house. I it's know. Like what, the, he, what he said first, first he said. what he said last, yeah. Wow. Baxter, I want to start with, um, there was something I heard you say that you encountered the Lord on the road when you were driving home from having had your first son. And you said that it was like the pieces of the universe just fell into place for you. And and I I mean, that's a really strong statement. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know what was it that was so profound about that and what what were the, I need the pieces of the universe to fall into place for me. <laughs> Can you do that for all of us? Yeah, please. <laughs> Jesus, well, come on. About that. We were in Scotland, and Beth and I lived in Bankery, which is out from Aberdeen. Matter of fact, I'm going back uh, next oh. month. Oh. Uh, oh, my gosh, I love it. I, I, a month today. Wow. Um, but we, we uh, our first child uh, was born, and uh, they, they finally ran me out, and just, uh, Beth could get some rest. And I was driving back uh, to Bankery from Aberdeen, and there was I was going the back, what we call the back way, and there was a roundabout, 
and I went through the roundabout and it just, it was like everything just stopped. Mm. Um, and it was literally like the trees clapped their hands and, and it was in that moment. And then the moments like that with birth of our children and now six grandkids, uh, blessedly they all live right around us and mm. it is crazy. The oldest is six or seven Caroline. But, um, and I, I got a story about her too. When, but that day, um, was a moment in my life where I suddenly realized, um, I could see a whole lot more than I could say. And mm. I knew it, but I had been wrestling since I was a child. My mother told me, it, uh, she used to say, you, you, this didn't start when you were 10 years old. You tell the story like you were 10 years old. Said, no, she said, you were born this way. Uh -huh. I was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but I grew up in a Southern Presbyterian church, very uh, Calvinistic. Um, and that vision of God that before the foundation of the world, he chose some for salvation and, and chose the rest of them, you know, to go to the eternal rotisserie for the glorification of divine justice. And I was taught that as a matter yeah. of fact, um, and from the catechism and everything uh, yeah. that I learned. But I knew, um, I became consciously aware at, at 10 that there's something dreadfully wrong here. Wow. And I remember sitting in the, our little church with mom and dad and my two brothers. My sister wasn't born at that point. But, um, and we sat on the third pew on the left from the front That's because that's where my great-grandfather sat, and he founded the church. You know, it was that wow. kind of... Kind of, <laughs> I grew up in one of those. <laughs> My great grandfather's uh, was a, was the county doctor, oh, wow. and his phone number was one. Oh my gosh! That, that his phone you, number was one. He was the first person um, in the town, basically, oh, wow. to get a phone. Right? Mm -hmm. Wow! I had the first car in the county, and and I grew up in his house, and wow. I didn't know it at all then. But that's a very high bar. Wow! You know, that's a very high bar. Mm. Uh, but anyway. It, these verses started going through my mind. Mm. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Verses that I learned in Sunday school in that church. Um, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Mm. Um, glorious liberation of the sons of God. Um, joy unspeakable, full of glory. Just like going right across my mind. Wow. And I, I, didn't, I didn't have any way of knowing what was going on at the moment. But I look back now, um, you know, 50 years later, and it's just crystal clear that the Lord was, was asking me, you know, do you, are you accepting that your present experience, uh, and this had nothing to do with the people and certainly not the pastor. He's, he's still there. He's still the pastor of that church now, 50 something years later. Oh, um, this was a question to me, but uh, are you accepting that this is the, the river that I promised? Mm. That this is the freedom that I promised. And this is the, uh, glorious liberation that I promised. And I must have said no, uh, but that that became a crystallization for me. Like wow. there, there's a lot more going on. Right. There's more, anybody that reads the New Testament has to be able to say, look, I, I don't, I'm not condemning anybody, but, but this is not, this is not what's happening in our lives. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and so why compromise? Why? So for me, it was, um, mm. and another verse was, was um, Jesus, John 17, you shall know the truth, the truth shall set you. I mean, uh, and this is eternal life. Yeah, to know That they you. may know you in Jesus Christ whom you sent. So that became, you know, a, a burning 
issue inside of me. What in the world's going on? And of course, I had no wherewithal at all to even begin to talk about. It. And who was I? And it was 10 years old. I was in Prentice. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, so I look back and see that that question set in motion some pretty serious questions. Yeah. And when I was at Ole Miss, um, my uh, in my junior year, I went to the library probably for the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was rush chairman for one of the, for Sigma Chi. If that tells you anything about oh, what was going on in my college days. I was sweetheart uh, of Sigma Chi. Yeah. I knew I liked you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Um, so I did. I went to the library specifically to pick uh, to see if they had a book by Athanasius called uh, "On the Incarnation of the Word of God," which he wrote when he was in his twenties. Yeah. Athanasius was president at the Council of Nicaea, and he spent the rest of his life defending it. Um, and I don't. It took me forever to even know, in retrospect, how I even knew about that book. Yeah, I was right. going to say. It. But they had a copy. Wow. Uh, and I remember no one had, had checked it out. Were you um, a theology major? Is that why you? No. No. I, I, something had happened. I used to go after the parties at night and went at Ole Miss, you know, and there was a field behind our dormitory, and I'd just go out there and walk and and pray. And I didn't know, you know, I just knew there's there's uh, something's wrong. Wow. Something's off. I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty deep yearning mm. all my life. Um, wow. Which is a gift. I mean, I didn't, totally. I didn't, it's just what, what the Lord did. And mm-hmm. so I checked that book out. And then there's another book called Against the Pagans, which is a companion volume. And I read two quotes there that just absolutely just rocked my world in a beautiful way. The first one was um, The God of all is good and supremely noble by nature Mm -hmm. therefore Mm -hmm. he is the lover of the human race Mm -hmm. and i just sat there like this is so beautiful so true and flies (laughs) in the face of everything i've ever heard about yeah you know the uh the character of god because for athanasius god is good not on monday right not towards some sometimes he is good that's right and supremely noble by nature i mean he doesn't have to have his arm twisted to be noble and therefore, he's the lover of the human race. And, and then the next quote was, what, what then was God being good to do when his creation was on the road to ruin? Wait, say that again. I missed that. What then, this is in section six, if you want to look it up, uh, in Athanasius' On the Incarnation of the Word of God. It's a very small book, and you can get it free, mm. download it free. I recommend it. Mm. Very readable. Um Anyway, the quote is, what then was God being good to do when his creation was on the road to ruin? Wow. And it's like, there's a goodness here, and there's a disaster here, and there's a response that flows out of the goodness. Not on my watch. I didn't create you to perish. Right. And so that is a paradigm shift a kaleidoscope shift so i got that yeah and it was blowing my mind and and then i ended up in seminary and i went to reform seminary because i, I was presbyterian that's what yeah, you did and right sat on the back row with my friend david and just like what in the world in fact we got so <laughs> frustrated we took an entire semester off we just didn't go wow we just went to the library every day and that was the beginning of uh, really wrestling deeply with some of the questions fast wow. forward Ended up in Scotland, studying with J.B. Torrance, 
And I went there because I had read a good bit of his older brother, uh, Thomas F. Torrance's books. And when I read his books, I thought, I don't know who this man is, but he's singing off the same sheet of music as yeah. Athanasius is. Yeah. So I thought it's a chance of a lifetime. There's no way in the world I'd ever get accepted. Uh, but it, it happened. And by the time I got there, J, uh, TF had retired and JB was in Aberdeen. So JB Torrance was there. So that's where we went. And he, wow. and he, um, he was, Oh, let me, let me see if I can find this quote from him. Hey, friends. We absolutely love creating this podcast for you. And if you want to help us continue to do that, we would love your support. In the show notes, you'll find the link or you could go to BeStillMinistries.net. Thanks so much for listening. It's so fascinating. Listen to you, how willing you were to get the truth. Yeah, into the pursuit. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and to what? acknowledge I think Baxter, like kind of you're looking for that, the thing that dawns on me too is that you didn't resist. I think what we do is we resist what's uncomfortable to us of like what like kind of that thing of like, what if I have him wrong? Or what if what I've been taught isn't really the real truth. You know, we just so readily accept it as truth because it's coming from the pulpit. Or and our so parents. They must be right. They, you know, this must be who he is. Mm -hmm. But your ability to rest, like you said, you know, the wrestling. So anyways, I'm sorry. Just I'd, I'd, I'd look at that as more uh, despair. Mm -hmm. when, you have, when you have tasted joy, and I did, and then it it disappeared. Then then nothing else counts. I mean, it's like you you, it's like you have had the most uh, beautiful, uh, well cooked steak on earth, and then you go back, and everybody's eating cardboard and calling that steak. Yeah, and it's just like I, <laughs> so true. I don't mean so, so. It was not you know anything. I mean, I just look at it's desperation. Paul Young and I have talked about this a bunch. Yeah. Um, that because people say the same thing thank you paul for hanging in there and all he's like i wasn't hanging i was uh, i was being held and i was finding right. freaking life um yeah. so let me read this quote because this ties into your original question about the roundabout and my son and all yeah. that i'm getting mm -hmm. uh this this is from professor douglas campbell who is professor of new testament at duke university and and one of the best new testament scholars in the world oh, wow. I, I interviewed him not long ago and i i was just i'm just amazed that this is happening now in, in uh, New Testament states. He, he summarizes J.B. Torrance's understanding of a covenant, and this is what he said. Mm. A covenantal relationship for James Torrance is a relationship grounded in love for the other, and hence one that is unconditional, permanent, and irrevocable. Yeah. Because the basis for the relationship is precisely this ground of love, the covenantal accurate Father, Son, Spirit, reach out to the other and establish his relationship independently of any action by that party. It is therefore an unconditional and gracious act, and the relationship with the other is a gifted one. The covenantal actor has elected to enter the relationship and so taken the initiative. The actor has also thereby functioned missiologically and incarnationally, in the case of God, literally, in stretching to the other actor's location and, if necessary, meeting them right where he or she is. Once established, moreover, this relationship then extends through time irrevocably. It lasts as long as the love of the loving covenantal actor lasts. Hence, in the case of God through eternity. 
and the relationship is consequently characterized by complete loyalty and unswerving fidelity. Well, that that's one of the finest statements, uh, uh, theological statements I've ever read. But the 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 point is, I was drawn to that understanding of the character of God that the Torrance brothers were handing and and teaching, and I got the chance to go to study with JB. And I took it. And so in the context of wrestling with this is we're talking about how the Western church just throws the father under the bus. Absolutely. You know, it's it's blasphemy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. and the idea that Jesus goes to cross to suffer the wrath of God that's intended for us is just crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry, but that that is uh, George McDonald. Good souls, many will one day be horrified yes. at the yes. things they now believe of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I'd talk to people, you're on a slippery slope. Yeah, you, you. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you realize that you, you, you've, you're making God the Father schizophrenic? That's exactly uh-huh. right. Totally. And you're, ma- and you're making his love for us conditional. Conditional. So if, if we hadn't met the conditions, faith, repentance, obedience, and he he doesn't love us. What is he? Prior to that, and I don't know anybody that can say I've successfully moved beyond. Lord, I believe help my unbelief. So, <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. if his forgiveness and his love and his grace to us is conditional yeah. upon something we must do, right. then what we're actually believing in is that we did whatever we're supposed to do That's and we did right. it right. right. That's right. So, yeah. But but more important, even there is what is God's character prior to my getting it right? Right. You know, and everybody says, "Well, He's the judge." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" He He's first noble. He's first good. Wow. He's first Father of the Eternal Son. Yeah. Creation flows out of that relationship of the Father and Son. So yeah, judgment's there for sure. Mm-hmm. But the judgment is the Father's judgment. So it's like now, all these years later. I can sit and say, Father, judge me to the core of my being. And I can say, Holy Spirit, have your way with me. Those are two prayers that I was never able to pray because of of the split God. So this idea of the conditional gospel, Mm. which means it's not a gospel, and it means that the character of God is not, as John teaches us, love, meaning Father, Son, and Spirit together before creation, so I was all this was looks like turning in my brain and I could okay. see it, but it was so big yeah. and there were so many different implications of all of this flying around. Uh, and so in, during that period, I was reading, reading some Thomas Erskine, too. And he and he was uh, he was born in the late 1700s and he was Scottish. And um, there were several of these uh, authors in that period sweeping through McDonald came afterwards. Um, and then later on, the Torrance brothers, then later on, people like me coming along. But um, I, I just was riveted by this question. I thought, this is so big. And we've made God's, the Father's heart conditional. We throw him under the bus. And what if he's not? What if he, do, what if he really does love? Nice. What, if he's, what if he's a father? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and what's a father to do when his creation is going? No. <laughs> That's his answer. No. Mm-hmm. He didn't create you. Perish. We're, We've got this all figured out. We've had it figured out the whole time. So when I came around that roundabout in the context of my son, mm. my firstborn's birth, mm, yeah, you know, I'm like, holy smoke! I get it now. I get it. I get it. I get it. Wow. Because there is not a thing in the world I wouldn't do for my son or my daughters, or my, and now that I've got six grandchildren, I'm just when Caroline was born, I thought, 
you don't have six months before she was born when we found out Laura was pregnant. We all went to work, both sides of the family, to try to help Laura and Kyle get the house right. And I was just sitting there thinking, you, we didn't even know if she was a boy or a girl. It didn't matter. We already loved her. Right. Yes. And, and there ain't a thing she can do. There's not a single thing she can do to alter how I feel about right. her. Mm-hmm. Now, she can alter our relationship because she can do, you know, hate me or whatever. Right. right. God forbid. But, I mean, she can't change how I feel about her. That's right. She and could she cry all day and you wouldn't care. She, she cannot change how I uh, am for her. Right. Mm-hmm. And she can't change the fact that I accept her. And so she she was born. All I'm watching all these six grandkids born into this family that loved them before they get here. Mm-hmm. Before we even know if they're boys or girls. Mm-hmm. And then once they're here, they, they're growing up in this context of being loved. That doesn't mean there's no discipline. You better believe in father, mm-hmm. father disciplines because he loves and he's determined for life. Right. So that's the wrath of God. You see, the wrath of God is not the opposite of his love. Right. As if they're fighting to see which one's going to win. Right. The wrath of God is his love opposing, passionate love opposing our destruction. That's yeah. right. In the greatest sense of the word, the wrath of God is the incarnation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going in, Father. That's right. And I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. And the Father says, I've got your back, son. You know, we don't do abandonment in this family. That's right. And, and the Holy Spirit is not like, oh, I don't know. what no, The Holy Spirit's like, <laughs> I've anointed you, Jesus. We're in this together. So the cross yeah. is not the place where, where God pours out his wrath on his son. Jesus says, the hour is coming now is when you disciples will leave me alone. And each will go to your own home. But I am not alone. The Father is with me. Right. Where was God when Jesus was on the cross? God was in In Christ. Where was the Holy Spirit? You see, you got this idea that the Father turns his back on the Son and and pours out his wrath, which is a split in the Trinity to begin with. It was number one first order blasphemy. But then what's the Holy Spirit doing? I mean, the Holy Spirit, like grabbing a box of tissues, and like, I don't know which way to go here. I'm, am I with Jesus or I'm with the Father? What, right. what or is the Holy Spirit holding? This is Hold insanity. Yeah. So the whole the whole thing, this is John's gospel. He's so beautiful on this. Yeah. And I, I've got a class, online class, um, meets once a month, first Tuesday of the month, Patreon. And we've been working through John's gospel. Oh, wow. And we started on chapter 18 <laughs> after three years. Oh, um, gosh. It's, it is amazing uh, wow. group. Anyway, John portrays it this way, that what you have in the incarnation and, and in the crucifixion is the descent yes. of God, the Father in the Son, the Holy Spirit in the Son, descending and in fact submitting to be brutalized and damned and cursed by their own, their own creation. That's right. And when we hoisted Jesus up on the cross and we damned him and sent him back to the Father with vinegar, the Father is embracing the Son and us at our apostate worst and saying, now I'm doing what I do. I'm being the Father. That's right. That's right. I don't abandon my Son and I'm not abandoning you. I'm accepting you at your very worst, Baxter. That's right. You can't get worse than Dicetium, the murder of God. So... so Baxter, where, you know, inquiring minds want to know, you know, it's like, where did, help us understand, because I think there's a lot of people, I mean, for Rachel and I, this is like our, you know, banner that we, I mean, when I read. Well, I don't even like Easter services, honestly, they just make me nuts, because I, I, 
95% of pastors, I'd say almost 99% of pastors preach it wrong. Yeah. They do. And, and it's I, terrifying. For now. For now. For, now, for today. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and, just, and just let me put, I'm, I don't want to interrupt your question. No, no, go ahead. One, one point. That, that most of us that have grown up in the evangelical world think that's all there is. And when I picked up Athanasius, and he, he lived in, in late 300s, early 400s, and I started reading him, I thought, what? This man, and I realized then he's like Mr. Orthodoxy. He's the guy that, he didn't write the creed, but he defended it. And then, and I'm like, and then, and then Irenaeus, who was a disciple of Polycarp, who was a disciple of John, in 180 wrote, our blessed Lord Jesus Christ in, in his transcendent love became what we are to bring us to be what he is in himself. So you have this descent right. of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into the abyss of our delusion right. where Satan had his hole, and we damned him. And in, in submitting to our damnation, not God's, ours, right. he now has a relationship with us inside of our uh, delusion. Right. And he brought the Holy Spirit and the Father with him. Yeah. And and we're acting like they're all split and trying to it's like, whoa, whoa. So the gift, and you see this in John again and again and again. Jesus is saying, guys, I am here. Yeah. I'm not up there. Right. I am here. And the one who is I am is the great I am. And I am here with you. And I'm for one reason, and that is to share the life that I have with my father in the Holy Spirit with you. That's why I'm here. That's yeah. right. That's it. And and in John five. Jesus heals the man been sick for 38 years. The Pharisees come after him because he did it on the Sabbath. And there's mm -hmm. a little squawking match. And, and Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing. And he says, the father loves the son and shows him everything that he himself is doing. And the son can do nothing unless it's something he sees his father doing. Yep. And, and it's like, you, there's the gospel. I yeah. am here as the father, son, and only one that share life, my life with my father with you. And at the same time, there's the judgment. The judgment is, if I am here only doing what I see my father doing and share with that with the Holy Spirit, what is this monstrosity that you've created over here? Right. It has nothing to do with my father at all. Right. Right. You call it what you want, plaster Bible verses on it. I mean, whatever. Right. This has got nothing to do with me and my father and the Holy Spirit, which is the whole point of creation. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's this beautiful descent. And he meets us where we are, just like the quote says. And notice at the end of chapter 17, the very last thing Jesus says in his prayer. I, I just. I've got it pulled up. <laughs> Father. Yeah. Father, I have made you known. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will make you known right. in order that the love with which you love me. Yeah. May be in them and I, I in them. them. Yeah. That's Christianity right there. Jesus right. is in us, brought his father and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit loves to turn the lights on. We meet Jesus. He shows us his father and we walk. Yeah. We learn to walk. We learn to, you know, so all of that happened in my brain. Yeah. On the way home uh, from the birth of my son. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, we would love for you to share it. First of all, with your friends, leave a review. It really helps other people find out about us and anything else you need. You can find it in the show notes. Thanks for listening.